3. Philippians chapter 3. Um, I was asked before the service if I was going to be preaching on David, and I said, almost, <laughs> but not quite. Then I was asked right after that, well, then it must be Daniel. So I guess I preach on David and Daniel often when I preach. But um, tonight, I'm not preaching on either of those characters. Um, Tonight, uh, really, this message, I just want to um, bring some Bible principles um, back to, to light for us, some practical things um, that many of us are already doing through the week, but I just want uh, it to be a reminder. Um, perhaps there some of it, you know, you haven't vi- re- revisited in a while, and it would be a good, good time to just, you know, focus back in. Um, but I just, I hope in either either account that this will be a a help to you here tonight. Uh, Philippians 3, we're going to look at verse um, 7, and we'll read down to verse 14. Philippians 3, starting in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus." Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark uh, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time. I do pray that you would help me to uh, be able to keep my thoughts uh, uh, clear uh, here tonight, and that um, your word would just uh, uh, go forth, and uh, pray, Lord, that you would... uh, um, just use this message for your honor and glory. We'll thank you for that. And we love you in your name. Amen. So uh, tonight, the three things, um, as I read uh, through this passage, there were three things that stuck out to me. Um, and the three things were uh, living a surrendered life, living a, a life that is separated to God, and living a striving Life. And those will be my three main points, and I just want to touch on all three, um, and they all do go hand in hand uh, here. So uh, we'll begin um, at verse 7. Uh, we see that Paul, he's writing to the Philippians, he is telling them that the things that were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Paul, he was a man who had a, a very, uh, before he was saved, he, he was a very um, recognized individual. He, he was someone who had a lot of accomplishments. Uh, some of those things that he's talking about here that were gained to him was he was a Pharisee, uh, an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He, all of these things, Paul, he could easily have said, man, this is my stuff. Look at me. He could have been prideful about it. 
Um, those are things that he could show his own works and success, but to him, they were of no value. But when he surrendered those things and his life over to God, to Christ, they were then made valuable because Christ could use him and those, those things that he had in his life. So as Christians, um, as we've been going through this week and continue to go through and even through our lives, uh, we need to be thinking about living a surrendered life. Um, there are three areas um, that we need to surrender our life. Ultimately, um, in the area of salvation, um, I believe most of us here are saved, um, but in the area of salvation, we need to submit to the Lord in that. Um, you know, we all know the Bible tells us that no one is righteous, that all have sinned, and the penalty of that sin is death, but we do know that God's gift is for all. Um, and there are many passages that we could go through and explain that. I'm, I'm very confident that um, each of us here, we know that if you're not sure, then you can come talk to me or dad or somebody, but you're all familiar faces here, and I know you, you know these things. But first of all, we must surrender our life to God in the area of salvation. Um, before we're able to surrender any other area in our life, we must surrender first to God in that. Uh, secondly, uh, we must surrender our lives to God um, in, for service to Christ. We must come before God uh, worshiping, and we must come before Him humbly. Um, the Bible tells us um, in James, if you want to turn over there, in a familiar uh, passage, James 4, 7 through 10. The Bible tells us to submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Um, jump down to verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. When we come before God, we need to come before him humbly. We must recognize that in and of ourselves, we can do nothing. Anything that we do in our own strength and in our own power for God um, ends up being nothing but wood, hay, and stubble. That when it comes time, when we're before Christ and He's weighing those things out, that stuff will just burn up. And we need to come before God and surrender our lives to Him. Submit to His will for our lives. We must give Him our body. We must be a living sacrifice. We must be acceptable to God. You know, the Bible tells us that that is our reasonable service. A few passages um, that you can, we won't turn to tonight, but um, that you can look up uh, would be Romans 6, 12, um, Romans 13, or excuse me, Romans 6, 12 and 13, and Romans 6, verse 7, and Galatians 2, 20, uh, Job 1, 1. They all go along with that. We must surrender uh, to God in the area of service. Each of us, um, I know growing up as a kid, I grew up in church, and anytime someone would say, you know, so-and-so's in the ministry, or, you know, God's called me to the ministry, this, that, or the other, I always, in my head, I thought that ministry was being a missionary. Ministry was working in the church, you know, doing song leading or preaching or whatever. You know, I thought, oh, you know, that's ministry, right? 
It wasn't until I got to college that my music professor um, really uh, shed some light on what ministry is. Uh, I remember uh, we would travel on the weekends. I was with an ensemble group, and we would travel on the weekends to different churches. And um, part of it was to promote the college. Um, but as we would go into these churches, uh, um, the man's name is Don Scoville, my music teacher. He would get the group together, and he would say, all right, we, we were usually there you know, a solid hour before any service started. He would say, all right, you guys, um, I want you to break up and pray before the service. And when people start coming, get with the people. Talk to them, shake their hands, try to get to know them. And then he would always say this. He would say, ministry is people. He, said, he, he, he never said, hey, we need to try to promote this CD or we need to tr try to promote this music book, we need to try to promote such and such or whatever, you know, really try to help. He would just say, be with the people. Ministry is people. And that was when, for me, it was like, okay, you know, everyone is like, at that point, just things kind of clicked that I can be in the ministry by serving people. You know, going to people with the love of Christ and doing my part as an individual, as a Christian, I can be in the ministry. You know, I think that's true for every Christian. Every Christian needs to be in the ministry. And God has given each of us our own unique ministry. For some, it's your family. Others, it's uh, your co-workers in the workplace. Those people that God wants you to minister to and be a help to, to show Christ to them. Each one of us has a ministry, and we need to try and recognize that. We need to submit to God in that and say, Lord, I will do what you want me to do, whether that's you know, being up behind a pulpit or leading singing or going on the mission field or just you know, being a minister to those um, in your workplace or at home. Each one of us has a ministry. We have an area where we can serve God, and we need to submit to God in that. So we need to submit to God in the area of salvation, um, in the area of service to God, but also in the area of our uh, time and our talent and our treasure. I know that um, little, those, those three things are a little cliche. I, I remember growing up and hearing that all the time, you know. You need to submit to God. Time, talent, treasure. Time, you know, you, you'd hear that a lot, but it, it's true. Um, in our time, what do you spend time doing? What do you spend uh, your talents on? You know, some of us, like me, we don't have a whole lot of talent, so, you know, right? So it's all right. But if you, have, if you have a talent in a particular area, are you using that talent to serve the Lord or to do your own thing, to please, please your own, own self or to, to make yourself look good in front of others? What are you using that talent for? And then your treasure. What do you spend your money on? And I'm not going to get into to that, but just, you know, Something for us to think about and to self-examine is, okay, what do I spend my time on? You know, I've really been spending a lot of time doing X, Y, and Z. Is that really profitable um, to my relationship with God and my walk with God? You know, we can self-examine some of these things and really, I think, pretty quickly find out that, okay, maybe we should make some changes. But 
We need to surrender to God in the area of our time, talent, and treasure. You know, with our time, um, uh, how much time are we in our devotions? How much time are we sharing the gospel? How much time are we in prayer? We're in church. These are all things that in Scripture, God tells us that we need to be doing and be a part of. We need to uh, surrender in the area of our talent. I've already mentioned what things are you good at? Are you using those talents for the Lord and then your treasure? Um, the things that you are spending your money on are those things pleasing to God. We must give our desires to God and He will give us um, the desires of our heart. We see that in Psalms 37. I often um, hear, we, we hear that verse all the time misquoted, you know. Um, if you give your desires to God, He's going to give you the desire of your heart. All right, Lord, you know, I'm going to give you my desires, so I really desire a boat. So you're going to give me that, right? Because I'm delighting myself in you. Delight myself in the Lord, and He's going to give me a boat. No, no, no. Uh, turn over there. Just. This is a little bit of a rabbit trouble. Turn over to Psalm 37. Turn over to Psalm 37. It's funny. I'm the same way. We find a verse, and we like to latch on to that verse and, you know, claim it, right? If you look at Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Yes, right? But if you look at verse 5, it says, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You know, there, there's, uh, there, it's kind of given like the reward, it's telling you what that is, but then it's telling you how to gain that reward, right? Um, we must, if you look, well, look at verse 3. Trust in the Lord, do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. So there's three things that we see, verses 3 through 5, okay? We see we must trust in the Lord, we must delight in the Lord, and we must commit to the Lord. So that's just that's all free. That's a, a message for another time. But so often we want to just say, all right, you know, Lord, I'm going to delight in you and I'm going to do what you say now. I want this or I want that. Or Often when we delight ourselves in the Lord, His desires become our desires. It kind of flips on us that way, right? But when we're, we're striving to please Him and to serve Him, you know, we end up saying, all right, we, we get the bigger picture and we want to serve the Lord and His desires is what becomes ours. So surrender your life in the area, salvation in the area of service and ministry, uh, and also in the area of your time, talent, and treasure. Um, we must live a surrendered life to God. So... We need to live a surrendered life. Secondly, we need to live a separated life. Um, just to give a, an illustration uh, that I heard many years ago, uh, there was a, and I don't know if this story is true or not, but there was, the illustration was there was a man during a, the Civil War. He didn't like some things on the north side, and he didn't like some things on the south side. So what he did was he said, well, you know what? I'm just going to compromise I'm going to wear a blue jacket and gray pants. All right? Well, he ended up on a battlefield in this blue jacket and these gray pants. What ended up happening was they found him dead at the end of the battle. And in his blue jacket, he had 
Confederate bullets, and in his gray pants, he had the North's bullets. All right, so, you know, he was getting shot at from both sides because he was trying to compromise and make everybody happy, right? So that might not be a perfect illustration, right? But um, as Christians, it's really easy for us to want to try to have a foot over here in the world and a foot over here trying to, you know, do the Christian thing, right? Um, but the Bible tells us that we need to live a separated life. I'll go back to Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul said here, he said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Here, Paul wants to know Christ. Um, if we're going to know Christ, we need to separate to Christ. Um, in 2 Corinthians uh, 6.17, the Bible says to come out from among them and be ye separate. We must live a life that is holy and acceptable to God. We can do this only if we're separated from the world. Romans 12.2, turn over there real quick. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Christ has set us apart to himself, and we must separate from the world. If you are living in and for this world, uh, you're not living for God. And that will be a life that is not going to have much joy in it. When you know you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, like I did when I was a kid. I remember um, doing things as a kid, trying to get away with something. And that whole time, I'm thinking, am I going to get caught? Am I going to get caught? Oh, no, what's going to happen? You know, it's like you're, you're thinking about it. And then, you know, when you get caught, what happens? Well, Dad usually um, helped me go straight. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, uh, and he did that because he loved me, right? So, um, but when we live a life that is not separated to God, it's going to be a life that's not going to have much joy in it. Um, uh, and I was, I was going somewhere else, and I forgot. Sorry. Sometimes, you know, I'm up here, I'm preaching, and I get a thought, and it's like, I want to go on that, and then it leaves me, and that's okay. We didn't need that. Does that ever happen to you? Sometimes? Not really? No. <laughs> you, you, you have really good notes, usually. He sticks to them. <laughs> um, anyways, we need to be separated from the world and separated to God. Romans 6.12, if you want to turn over there, I'm going to read a few verses. Romans 6, verse 12. It says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Uh, interesting, in verse 3, um, 
It says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield yourselves unto God. What does that verse tell you about, um, about yourself? Any thoughts? I know that's kind of a broad question. You can go anywhere with that. But does anybody have any thoughts there? So what that verse tells me is that we have a choice. You have a choice to serve God or you have a choice to serve your flesh. Uh, Continuing on to verse 14, it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. We must separate ourselves to God. We must make that choice. We must be intentional about that choice because even after we are saved, once you're saved, that's a done deal. But on a daily basis, we must choose to serve God, choose to grow in our relationship with Christ. That relationship, once you're saved, is never going to go away. You cannot lose your salvation. But you still have to make a choice to grow that. You still have to make a choice every day to say, Lord, I want to be more like you. Help me. Show me in your word what you want for me today. And continue to grow that so you can become more like Christ. We can only be separated to God if we are growing closer to Him. Um, We have a high calling in Christ, and that's to be more like Him, to be holy and pure, so that we can be ready when God wants to use us for His work. So we must live a, a life that is surrendered to God, a life that is separated to God, And then we must live a life that is striving, a striving life. Back over to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We must leave behind this present world and the evil that is in it. We must leave it behind. We are to leave, the, um, leave this world. Christ has told us to seek those things which are above. We cannot be in the world and serve Christ. The Bible says, Be not of this present world. We must look forward or what we have to look forward to is uh, that Christ has promised us a home in heaven. Uh, we could turn to John 14, uh, 1 through 4. The Bible there, uh, Jesus is telling us that he's prepared a home for us in heaven. God's also promised to return and to receive those that have trusted in him. But before we get there, we have a life to live here on this earth. And we must live it in a way that will please God. We must be looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. We must 
stay faithful to God. We must uh, keep as our motto to live for Christ or um, to die for Christ. Either way, we're going to gain. If we keep that as our motto and keep that in the forefront, realizing that you are in a win-win situation, um, that will encourage you to continue on. You must live for Christ. But until we get to heaven, we need to be here on this earth doing God's will. So I just wanted to encourage you uh, with those things. I know those are very basic. Um, even a little bit of a shotgun blast here tonight <laughs> in the delivery. But um, uh, some, just some basic thoughts. Things that many of us are already doing. Perhaps some things that you haven't thought about um, uh, recently or whatever the case may be. Um, I hope that these things we can look at and say, you know what? There are some areas in my life I haven't surrendered uh, to the Lord to, and I, I need to get that taken care of. Or maybe there's something in your life that you know um, you're not living a life that is totally separated to God, and there's some things that you need to take care of there. Um, perhaps you're not giving it your all. Perhaps you're not really striving. You're just kind of muddling through. Well, I hope that something here spoke to you uh, something that you can be encouraged in, either encouraged to continuing on or encouraged to maybe take care of a few things. Um, we need to live a life that is completely surrendered, separated, and striving for God. In order to have a close relationship with God and have real joy that only He can give, we need to be taking that relationship with Him seriously. Um, and I think that we, if we follow these three steps, we can do this. Uh, let's go ahead and pray and close.